Hello, welcome back. We are Time for Nach, and we are the ninth parak of Sefer Malachim base. <laughs> Here we have that Elisha is sending a Talmud, a disciple, a student, to anoint Yehu. Who is Yehu? Yehu is one of the commanders of the army, but Elisha is making him king of the kingdom of Israel, Israel. Remember, we still have the split, Israel and Yehuda, uh, in secret. He's doing it in secret. Elisha anoints Yehu and then tells him to kill off Ahab's family, his possessions, um, and uh, his descendants, his offspring. Um, the people hear what Elisha's student tells Yehu. Uh, they proclaim Yehu as king. They blew shofaris, and the news got out. Yehu goes to Yehoram, who at that point, if you remember in the last parak, he was recovering from the battle wounds inflicted by the army of Aram. Um, and he ignores... Uh, he ignores Yehoram's men when they ask if he comes in, if he came in peace. This is Yehu. Yehu strides up to the camp. They ask Yehu, are you coming in peace? He ignores the question. He strikes Yehoram between the shoulder blades with an arrow and he kills him. Yehu then goes on to instruct Bidkar, who's the captain, uh, to throw Yehoram's body into the field of Navos. Uh, Achazir runs away. But Yehu pursues and kills him as well. Meanwhile, Isabel is about to get her come up and her punishment. She puts some form of lipstick, lipstick or some form of face mascara on. She sticks her head out the window and she greets Yehu. Why was she doing that? Why did she put herself you know, with makeup and dress up, etc.? Uh, either an attempt to seduce Yehu to save her life, says Rashi, or it was the last gesture of defiance, says the Rabbah. I'm going to look good. I'm going to make sure my last moments look good. Fascinating psychology. <laughs> Someone who, last moments, this is your act of defiance. This is what you can do in your last moments. You know, we have the similarly with Yaakov and Esav. When Yaakov is buying the Bechorah, the firstborn rights from Esav, Rashi says it was the day that Avram died, and this is the funeral, or this is, sorry, the Shiva meal. Uh, that were, Those are the lentils traditionally ate, ate, eaten or consumed at a Shiva house. Again, death was a decision time. It was a moment of decision. It's where Yaakov and Esau formally split in a public way, so to speak, or in a committed way. Esau sees the death of his grandfather and says, I'm committed to one way. I'm going that way. Yaakov sees the death of his grandfather and says, I've got to get on with buying the Bukhara. Now I've got to take up my mantle, my role of Israel. Death can crystallize thoughts. Death can then spur people on to say, right, that person's left this world. I'm going to make the most of my life now and go for my ambitions. Um, Yehu tells Izebel's servants, uh, who are faithful to him, um, to throw Izebel out the window. They did so, and she dies. That was her punishment. However, there was some of her left. Her skull, her feet, and her hands remained, like the, like the Navi had said many prokim ago. Why? Says the Radak in Pasuk hey, this is the schus of her dancing, clapping, and nodding her head at the midst of being Masameh, Chosan, and Kala. She made brides very happy at their wedding. See, Hashem doesn't forget the small things. Even if one's general life, like Isabel's case, didn't seem to be particularly impressive, her CV, her achievements included killing someone over a vineyard, making up false testimony, and then the whole chil Hashem. But, to her credit, she was a Mesamech, Chosnan Kala, and therefore, she gets one good thing happening to her. She gets schus for that.